Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to do, one less thing to worry about, and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone is craving Froyo, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your local favorite restaurants, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BIRDS. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BIRDS. Don't forget that's code BIRDS for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bowen, Sheila, and the cut kicking it cooler than two penguins till Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo and Shuka Party are coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings i'm gonna have the rest of my life with these kids wow get, we gotta get that in a drop uh immediately i would edit that one out that didn't come out quite there's no editing no no editing on this podcast the wonderful of birds with friends no editing <laughs> with friends introducing first the challenger from philadelphia pennsylvania zach berman in the other corner from media shield kapadia and now from philadelphia the two time king of the beats bowl you know what at first, I thought that uh, we had like a new intro song that included Zach. You know, that would have been a nice gesture. He's now, I don't know, how, how what is it, <laughs> Zach? How many years have you been uh, doing the pod? Over a year now, right? Doing the uh, the podcast. I thought that would have been a nice gesture, a nice surprise by the, by the host. I got really excited about it. Uh, and then I realized it was a sort of pathetic gloating about like a nine-man roster prediction contest. 
that is the most bobo in history that nobody cares about. And that's what this music was being played for. But uh, go ahead, Bo, intro the show. Well, I come to you with arms raised, not just in celebration, but in preparation to take a whiff, of course. For the first time in recorded history, we have a back-to-back Eagles roster prediction champion. The standard is the standard. In this season in which everyone is forced to be adaptable, the cream has once again risen to the top. My rant continues. And Sheil, as to your, uh, your Bobo accusation, this, uh, this you know, casting of aspersions that there are only nine people involved, I figured you would bring this up. You tweeted about it. Um, first of all, how small of a man do you have to be to, you know, your first reaction is to try to denigrate someone's achievement. This is the kind of thing that, you know, this is the kind of thing that can go on my tombstone. Doting father, loving husband, led the county in innings pitched, back-to-back king of the beats. You get, you know, you get to bathe in the adulation of being called the best football writer on the planet, and now, and now you're trying to throw asterisks on me? And second yeah. of all, okay. second of all, Tell us when you're uh, I had more than eight opponents. You're forgetting the opponent that everyone else has, which is the pandemic. <laughs> Um, and more than that, uh, I understand that the other contenders were probably scared off by my dominance, and I tried to mitigate that as a sporting champion by uh, handicapping myself with the made-up curry trick just to make things close, but I also uh, took the time today to go through the trouble of clicking around on the published predictions for everyone who didn't enter the Battle Royal. So uh, Jimmy and I tied with 49 of 53 correct, and it went to the practice squad tiebreaker, and I had 13 of the 16 announced, or 13 of the 15 announced, if you don't include Matt Leo, uh, correct, and Jimmy had 11. So you look around at the other people. Ruben Frank had 48 correct. Tim McManus, mm, your champion shield, only 48 correct. Dave Zangaro. 49 would have tied, but only had eight practice squatters in his published predictions. Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation, also 49, very close 12 practice squads. So he actually gets bragging rights over Jimmy on their podcast. And finally, Jeff McLean, who has a strong track record uh, and I believe is a one-time champion, also had 49, did not publish his practice squad, but going through, there is no way he could have gotten uh, to 13 because he had Winogo on. And so I can proudly say no asterisks here. The champion is back. The new normal. I have both my belts. Zach, what do you say to your majesty? Well, first off, I, I would say congratulations. You, you won it. Uh, it's, it's not bragging if it's true. Uh, but I would also say that like in a weekend with the most Eagles news we've had in a while, there's, there's so much for us to discuss left tackle situation. We heard from Howie Roseman for the first time since the draft. Uh, They're a week now, less than a week uh, from playing their first game. And we opened the podcast with, um, with, with a, with like an esoteric contest. Uh, It seems very on brand, but well, yeah, that's true. Well, listen, Zach, you said the other day, you know, you've uh, you feel like the reporters have never known less about the team. And at least one person has, you know, has his, uh, has his finger on the pulse. Right, well, I, I, well, no, to that point, though, uh, 49 would not usually win it. Um, that's probably true. So I, I think that speaks to 
and it's 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 not just uh, it's not just knowing less about the team, but like we've discussed, the the different roster uh, rules and machinations that went into it this year, uh, I, I think were, was was also a factor one need to consider. All right, okay. now I, I do uh, hold on. Now I, I do uh, I do agree with Zach that we want to move on, but I mean I'm not just going to let this nonsense slide. So let me uh, speak my piece. Zach, you as the uh, president of the you know Philadelphia chapter of the PFWA, how many writers, how many members of the media? I don't know if you know these numbers, but give me a ballpark. Like cover this team on a daily basis. Uh, writers, any? you're you're yeah. looking at like 16 that are okay. are regular. Six, 16 that are regular. And, you know, I've been around many, uh, many a 53 man roster projection in my day. Uh, I don't remember being included on any email or uh, text about even being involved in this. So, but that's fine. I'm not, you know, covering the team uh, every day, although I could have, you know, certainly added some competition, but I've never seen a field uh shrunken to this degree i mean what an embarrassing spreadsheet Bo sent out when he announced his winnings on twitter and i was scrolling i thought maybe there's another sheet maybe he was doing a thread uh, i mean nine names really Bo. i think it speaks to you know your because th- you were the one who had to run this i believe because you were the previous year's champion so yes. uh it kind of just speaks to your sort of incompetence in that respect, oh, that you could, I mean, it's, you couldn't listen, get enough people, people are to afraid, purchase. People I mean, are afraid people, to swing no, at no, a dominant no, champion. I don't blame the, them. No, I wouldn't come is, at me either. This is the only thing beat writers look forward to in August. This is like the highlight of the summer. You spend all this time working on your roster predictions. People want to be involved, uh, but they didn't want to be involved with you running it, or you didn't let them know enough about it, or you didn't give them reminders, Please. or or. You know, this would be a big surprise. Maybe you didn't tell them the rules. Oh, geez, that never happened. Zach and I have no experience. Uh, <laughs> Everybody knows the happening. rules. The rules have never uh, changed. So really, one of the most bobo uh, titles. I just, I just addressed this. All I, the people I, who I, would have otherwise entered, I, I beat I mean, anyway. Listen, I don't know when any of those projections were published. Friday you're, morning. You're saying, oh, this guy could have not had the practice. He couldn't have had the practice squad, right? He couldn't was, have. Like, physically impossible. Okay. It, all right. Yeah. Congratulations. Let's move on. Thank you. Okay. Well, um, we do have lots to talk about, yes. as, uh, as Zach said. We will talk about uh, you know, what we learned from the roster cutdowns on Saturday, what we heard from Howie Roseman. We'll talk about the left tackle situation, uh, what's the deal with Cordy Glenn. A couple of the Eagles uh, were claimed today, three of them, in fact, and we can talk about that. We've got the Josh McCown news to talk about. And then uh, at the end, we're going to play a, a new game. That is going to pit the two of you guys against each other. So uh, that'll be fun. Uh, let's let's start, Zach, with um, – I guess let's start, all of you guys, with your general reactions to the roster cutdowns. And I think that the two headliners were uh, the releases of both Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas and then also the activation of, of Alshon Jeffrey. Let's talk first about Rasul and Sidney because uh, it's something we've talked about before. We don't have to um, you know, beat a dead horse here. But I think it was a mild surprise that they were both released. But um, as we talked about in trading for Darius Slay, Howie Roseman already sort of admitted that, that uh, these picks were a mistake. And because they were a mistake, they were forced to trade for Darius Slay. That was sort of the cost of the mistake. And so, you know, I'm a little bit surprised that they're so light at corner as they are now, especially after releasing Cravon LeBlanc as they did today, uh, which, again, we can talk about because that, that may not stick. But still, were you were you surprised that both of those guys were cut? And and Zach, as the probably last man standing on Sydney Jones Island, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing well. I'm excited for this podcast. 
but I, I, I would say I'm surprised that that, that they were both uh, that 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 they were both waived for the reason you mentioned that they are uh, bare now in terms of reserve outside cornerbacks. Now, when we gave our our 53 man predictions, it was before the news came out that the Eagles uh, re-signed Craig James. Or, or, or that they gave him an extension. So when they gave him the extension, it was inevitable that one of them was was going to be cut unless the Eagles planned to go unusually deep at cornerback. And actually, they did the opposite. They they went un, unusually thin at cornerback, exacerbated today by by cutting Craven LeBlanc. But I, I think LeBlanc could be back. But yeah, I I was surprised by by cutting both those reserve outside guys. Uh, I I thought Rasul made a lot of sense as like a depth corner because he's he's been that for you. If you've determined that Sidney Jones is just not going to work here, and that's certainly a fine conclusion because he has had more than enough time, and the injuries have not gone away. And even when he's on the field, it's not like he's he's shown enough that you need to keep holding on to it. Uh, then that's a that's a fine decision to make or a defensible decision to make. But I think cutting both of them was interesting because they are pretty bare. If, I mean, if, if Darius Slay goes down, their cornerbacks on the outside, unless they move Jalen Mills over, are Craig James and Avante Maddox. And you probably can't move Jalen Mills over right now because mm-hmm. there's no Will Parks. Um, so that's a tough, that's a tough uh, puzzle to fit. Sheila, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm, the Sidney Jones one you can explain really easily. I mean – I think the coach had had it with him. Obviously, availability hasn't shown that much when he's played. Uh, you know, it's a it's a sunk cost. You don't want to whiff on a second round pick when the owner's coming out really after the draft and saying that this is probably going to be the best corner uh, in the draft. And so the bar was set really high and he obviously never met it. But, you know, you miss on stuff. And so you move on. I, I don't get this Rasul Douglas thing. I mean, this is a guy who's played over 50% of the defensive snaps in each of the past two seasons, over 40% of the defensive snaps in each of the past three seasons. I'm not going to come on here and tell you, you know, he's Stefan Gilmore or Tredavious White. He has his obvious weaknesses, the speed, the deep ball. Uh, it's an issue. But if this is, I mean, this is what a depth corner is supposed to be. You know, somebody uh, who is competitive, who is tough, who is going to have some flaws. Maybe you have to scheme around. So if you had added a bunch of corners and you were just like, all right, they pushed him out and you got better, that's fine. But like he's been a rotational player on uh, mediocre to, you know, slightly above average defenses over the last three years. And I'll continue to say, I see this guy as somebody who could certainly fill in as in the Will Parks role as your third safety. I think he has that skill set to tackle, to match up with tight ends to play the run, all these different types of things. And so I don't really understand that one. I mean, you're keeping, what was it, 11 defensive backs. He's not one of the 11 defensive backs you could keep on your roster. So uh, they know these guys. They've seen them practice. It's very possible that maybe some of these younger guys are uh, better than I know and that it won't be a big deal. But uh, on the surface from where I sit, having watched the team and having watched the player, that one was surprising to me. I think this weekend, uh, this is sort of surprising for me, given that I'm the one who's um, most likely to like get upset about moves that the Eagles make. But uh, like the 53-man roster cutdown to me is less about 
uh, questioning the moves they make and, and like finally getting some clarity as to how they view things. Like we, we, it, this is a, uh, you know, an opportunity for them to have to be honest to, to us. And so like, to me, it's just, they just really didn't like Rasul Douglas for whatever reason, whether it's the, the coaches and or the front office, they, they have no place for him. And, you know, I, I am with you, Shiel. Like to me, he seems like a good depth corner and he was claimed by the Panthers um, today. So he is going right to their active roster, unlike Sidney Jones, who is going to the Jaguars practice squad. But for whatever reason, uh, you know, Rasul Douglas is just a persona non grata here as Sidney Jones is. And that's, I mean, that's just what we learned. And I think we'll probably see, I don't know if, you know, they, they have two roster spots open now. So it's possible, you know, your boy, Shield Michael Jaquette gets called up to the, to the active roster tomorrow. Uh, Cravon LeBlanc can be re-signed after being released. I find it hard-pressed to think they're going to, like, add a corner off the street and expect him to play right away. So Can you explain the LeBlanc Think to me, what, what is going on with Craig so, LeBlanc? Because the Eagles claimed a running back today, um, and Zach, you can give us the, the lowdown on the uh, former Lions running back that they claimed from New Mexico State. The, uh, the claim, if you're going to claim a guy, you cannot fill that roster spot by the players placed on injured reserve because it's different times. You have to have the open spot when you claim a guy. Those go through at noon. The earliest the IRs could go through was at 4 o'clock. So in order to uh, open that spot for that guy, who I think is going to be a returner, they needed to open up a spot of the original 53. And they, they cut LeBlanc. And because LeBlanc is a vested veteran, he doesn't go on waivers. So uh, the reason I think that they do that is because they can then bring him back. And if they bring him back after week one, his contract's not guaranteed. That's another little uh, you know detail. But... Uh, I think I think they made a mistake in the initial. I do think they made one small mistake in the initial 53, but the LeBlanc thing, I reserve judgment on just to see how it plays out. I, I, I do want to add one thing regarding Sidney Jones because one thing you've seen in the past 24 hours has, has been relitigating, you know, the the merit of the pick in 2017. And and, and that's that's fine to do because the results are in and, and, and they missed on the pick. That's 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 fair to say, and I'm I'm obviously not not privy to any any kind of psychological um, uh, background they had or or you know what the personality profile showed or what their doctors were saying, but but from what we knew going in, I, I still don't have a problem with the pick. Uh, you know, the, it, it, I I think it's a fine gamble to make. It, I actually disagree with that, but okay, yeah. So, so so that's why I'm 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 bringing it up is that. If you have a player in the second round who, who like universally was 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 viewed as a legitimate first round pick, and again, I don't know what your doctors were saying in, in terms of the recovery, and I I don't know what your interviews revealed about how he would be able to, to handle the adversity that comes with it, and 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 coming back, and and whatever mental toughness was was there, but what Jeffrey Lurie said a few months after that pick that here's a chance to get a guy who you think can be a, a premier cornerback. Like there are examples. You look at, at Jalen Smith, you look at, at miles Jack. There are examples where you can find value when a guy slips because of injury. Um, in, in this case here, I don't think the process was the issue. I, I think the, the evaluation of, of things that, that obviously you're not privy to when you watch the player became the issue. 
Yeah, I just and and how we talked about it on Saturday, and as you've written about Zach, like you know they wanted Dalvin Cook, he goes two picks earlier, and so they sort of panic a little bit and take Sidney Jones. I just think it's a bad bet. Um, you know, you, you're you're mentioning the uh, the exceptions to the rule in in Jalen Smith and Miles Jack. It is it is not a good track record, and you know at whatever it will, the top half of the of the second round, 43 overall. It's it's not dissimilar to me to Jalen Hurts because it's a it's a player who everyone is aware of, and everyone else is passing for a reason. It's not like you are you have reason to believe that you know this guy better than other people, um, and you, you you pull the trigger thinking it's upside, but it's it's just I just don't think it's a good bet to make. I don't think it's ever a good bet to make, especially in the second round. Heel. Uh, I was actually trying to look up what I okay. said about the uh, about the draft pick uh, mm. at the time because this is important to do, right? What did we, you know, well, you we were right? We yeah, you were in Seattle at the time. Oh, it was before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It was that's right. I was at I was actually at City Jones's pro day when he uh, when mm. he tore his Achilles at the uh, indoor facility there on University of uh, Washington's campus. I will say uh, one thing. I will say is that multiple people who I uh, sort of talked to after that pick, or I don't know if it was the year after, I remember talking to multiple people who thought that it was perfectly justifiable. I actually think Joe Banner was uh, on our site, said it, you know, he thought it was perfectly justifiable to use a second round pick. And then there was somebody uh, with another team who did not think it was a bad pick or like a reach uh, at the time. The flip side to that is Rasul Douglas is actually like, that was a, a pretty good outcome for a third round pick. Oh yeah, I agree with that in too. Three years. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just to just to expectations, so. but but it, uh, and it, like like neither one of you guys were were covering the team then, um, so I'll I'll kind of fill in. <laughs> Hold on, by the way, I love that I had no idea where I was. Yeah, <laughs> this year you both immediately knew <laughs> that I was not around. I am a total disaster. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, that does not bode well for the end of the uh, the game at the end of today's episode. But I mean, so, you you nice. assuming that I'm going to stay online for this game <laughs> at ten o'clock at night when I still have to finish writing something after this yeah, well, is. Yeah, I don't know what the word, the, the cojones or whatever we want to call it. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, but we'll see. Zach, go ahead. Yeah, so, the, so their, their corners were like an After we started a half an hour late because my I had computer issues. <laughs> they, they, they had the previous year, they had Leotis McKelvin and Nolan Carroll. And Howie Roseman made a comment. Um, it was probably at the end of the 2016 season that they have to stop going with, with Band-Aids at the position. You know, that, that, that they, they need to kind of invest – in finding, uh, in finding answers there. And so when they took uh, Jones and Douglas back-to-back second and third round, I mean, the ideal scenario is, is that they become your, your starting pair. But I, I think that the expectation was that, that, that you would hit on at least one of them. Um, and, you know, Jones's case, obviously, the, the patience that they exercised. And that was a huge story going into 2017. Like uh, Doug Peterson – was doing things with with Jones that he that he that he didn't typically do. Um, brought Jones on all the road trips. They they don't usually travel their 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 injured players, especially injured rookies. But they thought it was very important to have Jones around the team. Uh, like like they really viewed him as the guy who who could become their answer at the position. And and Bo's absolutely right when they made the trade for Darius Slay. I thought the big acknowledgement from Howie Roseman was was that you know they they needed to do this because they missed in that 2017 draft 
Uh, before we get to Alshon, just to close the picture on the corner. So right now there are four corners on the active roster, um, and that is Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, Nikhil Roby Coleman, and Craig James. And and as you said, um, you know that's that's not a great situation to be in as you enter week one. But there is there is time before the game start. I think that picture is going to change. Well, so uh, well, so well, so with just to close the thing on on LeBlanc. So he's free to sign anywhere he wants right now. He is. Uh, and so do you expect them to wait until after, let's say they want to bring him back. Do you expect them to wait after week one, or do you think he's going to be on the week one roster? Or do you think there's going to be another corner of a different fifth corner to be on the roster in week one? Week one is a week from tonight. Yeah, exactly. We'll be doing a post game pod. So uh, like, how do you see that playing out with, with only four on the roster right now? Yeah, I, I would think that they bring LeBlanc back that they're that they won't get too cute in terms of the contract guarantee that if if they want him they'll just have him back and uh that it was a procedural move to not expose someone to waivers because uh, and i imagine bo is going to get to this i i don't know if they expected noah tangiai to get claimed or i think or, that's or, the mistake or, or that they're not but uh but yeah, when you expose a player to 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 waivers, you just you don't know if 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 they're going to pass through. You can have one of these wink wink deals with a LeBlanc or a Vinny Curry. Right, I thought it would that. be Vinny. Yeah, so uh, so um, I with with two open spots on the roster, I would imagine that LeBlanc, someone who they could bring back. Uh, again, I just it's I I don't know that yet. I think water gun to my back. I think I think they call up Jaquette tomorrow. Um, and then maybe wait for LeBlanc week two, but I know that's dicey. I mean, he can go anywhere he wants, so we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, and now so you, you say call up, corner in week wait, one, and now you say call up Jaquette. He is not on the practice squad right now, correct? He's not. He wasn't listed. No, he wasn't one of the ones that they added. Oh, that's Trevor Williams was the corner that. They, okay. That they well, then I bet they then I bet they are going to sign him. You think they just signed That's him? That's my guess, yeah. I mean, if he was on the practice squad, they could just call him up for the game if they wanted to. That's but. true. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know what to think. That's what it's I, very yeah, confusing. Okay. My head was yeah. spinning when you know when you sent me the rundown for the show and trying to wrap wrap my head around all these and have uh, you know takes that I really believe in and here's what I think's happening and all those things. I it is definitely a confusing year. You weren't expecting to get the question. Do you think they'll they'll sign Michael Jaquette? Well, no, I knew his name was going to come up for the 7,000th time. <laughs> and Bo, for the first time, did not mention his long arm. So at least we're making some progress. There you go. We'll get to Luke Uriga later in his short arms. Um, all right. The other headline, uh, Alshon Jeffrey being activated from PUP. Now, uh, for the uh, details of that, that means that if he had stayed on PUP, as we talked about, he could not have practiced or played until after week six. And as Zach has told us that week seven, is a short week, so that would have been dicey. But uh, Howie Roseman said on Saturday they did this because they think, and Alshon thinks, that he will be ready before then. So that would be a little bit ahead of, ahead of schedule for the Liz Frank return, and we'll see what happens. But um, what did you guys make of that? Do you think he plays? Yeah, I, I, I was not surprised per se. Uh, as we discussed in our last podcast, um, I ultimately determined that I thought that that they would and 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 should keep him on the 53 to to keep the option open, not to box themselves out of of, of those first six seven weeks. Uh, so it it certainly made sense to me. Again, I it, it does seem like a, a fast recovery. Um, I, I know there's 
there are theories out there. I was going to say conspiracy theories, but I wouldn't even call it conspiracies. I would call it legitimate theories that uh, that if if you don't put him on pup and it makes it seem like he is healthy or is close to being healthy, that a team might be compelled to trade for him. I, I am I'm I'm not going down that direction right now. Like I I think that Actually, the Eagles who's, no one's trading for him. I think the Eagles legitimately are expecting um, Alshon Jeffrey to contribute. And I, I, I don't know if they're expecting the, the Alshon of like 2017 or 2018, but I, I, I do think that when, when they're looking at this, at this wide receiver picture, uh, they have Alshon in it. And so the sooner they can get him back, the better. I mean, it, yeah, it does feel like they're jumping through. They've jumped through 700 hoops to try to convince the rest of the league that this guy's healthy and you should trade for him. When in my opinion, going back to like the first podcast we did in the off season, there was zero chance that anybody was going to trade for this guy with the guaranteed money he's doing this year, his age coming off an injury, his play last year, all these different types of things. So, I mean, if they're still trying to do this, it just seems like, uh, a lost cause. So I think at this point, it's they just have a lot of question marks at wide receiver. I mean, they, again, this has like been a theme for the entire offseason. You need a couple of these things to hit. Is Deshaun Jackson going to stay healthy in the early part of the season? When is Jalen Rager going to come back and be healthy? These rookie wide receivers, you liked what you saw from them in training camp, but will they actually be able to contribute? Will uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside make a leap? Will Alshon Jeffrey at, let's say, 70% be better than some of your other options. And so I think that's really what it comes down to. If you thought that, you know, he can get to like 70, 75% in the first uh, six weeks of the season, and you weren't sure about your other options, and you saw how much your, uh, you struggled last year with terrible wide receiver play, then that, I guess, would be the reason. I am surprised by it, but uh, I guess that would be the reason for going that route. Well, like I said um, before, you know, less about questioning the move and more about like them telling us what they think. Uh, I think they're telling us that they know that they need to diversify their bets too, just like you said, like the wide receiver picture is murky. And so the, uh, the upside, the potential reward of Alshon being able to contribute to a, you know, middle of the road wide receiver core by week five or six is worth the downside and the risk of exposing a fringe roster player to waivers you know that's that's what that's the calculation they made can i can i ask a big picture question or a a sort of a big picture topic please sure so they kept not nine of their 10 draft picks made the roster correct correct and and is it 10 of 10 if we count the practice squad yes Yes, prince tega winogo is the only one who did not make it okay and that is compared to 10 players on the roster total from the 2017 to 2019 drafts I mean, this to me is the most fascinating aspect of the roster they've constructed. Because if you look at, you know, they had the shortened off season, right? So you really, you have no idea about any of these guys in the spring other than what you're seeing on Zoom calls. And then you have, what was it? Three weeks of training mm-hmm. camp. You have yeah. three weeks of training camp to get a look at them. And to me, it just sounds like a year where you're leaning more on your draft evaluations and what you thought of these guys uh, college tape and you know interviewing them all those things during that process more so than what you actually saw 
on the practice field. And I would be curious about, I'm sure, you know, I don't, I doubt you guys have, you've looked at this, uh, whoever wrote nine to 10, I think it was you, Bo, but I wonder how this compares to the rest of the league. And I wonder if more, if like a higher percentage of draft picks are being kept on rosters, if it varies, because I think one of our, our theories, I think it was you, Zach, I had mentioned before cutdowns that you felt like it was going to be more of a keep the veterans you know what you have mm-hmm. and you're trying to win a Super Bowl. And I, I thought that made sense. Uh, nine, I mean, nine draft picks making the roster here. You're going to have to count on these guys at some point. And so that, well, that part is very interesting to me. It's funny. You're going to have to count them. But the flip side to that is nine guys on the roster and not a single one of them is going to be pro- like exactly. yeah. involved in week one. Yep. The, like on offense or defense. John Hightower mm-hmm. is going to be the fourth receiver. And that's it. Uh, Sean Bradley is going to play special teams. Rager's out. Hertz is a backup. Davion Taylor is going to be inactive, probably. Driscoll's a backup. Kayvon Wallace is a backup. Quez Watkins went on IR. And Casey Tuhill is a backup. And then you've got Hightower. So, I mean, that's it. You're not getting immediate returns. And, and as – go ahead. Go ahead well, and, 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 and like when everyone's healthy um, – it's the same thing you outlined. Only it's Rager, just Rager really right. has a spot, and that was the criticism of the draft uh, when they right. like, back in April. Right. Um, and as to the the veteran thing, I think I think the flip side to keeping the so many draft picks is, and I and I just you know I, I looked through all the cuts today, which is like one of my favorite things to do, uh, just to like re, you know remind myself of these guys from the Shrine Game and the Senior Bowl. Um, but I did not see – there were not a lot of draft picks cut from what I could tell. And I think part of that is the lack of preseason. There's, you know, there's less of a chance for the UDFAs to beat out a draft pick and also for other teams to evaluate guys around the league who could be worth a roster spot over the guys they drafted. And this is the first time I remember I, – I, I would need to look it up. I'm, I'm sure someone already has – that the Eagles' initial 53 did not include an undrafted rookie. Um, mm-hmm. And – I I say that because there are spots, you know, like like safety, for instance, they could have kept un, undrafted players over Marcus Epps, but I think the certainty of what Marcus Epps provided that like I think they like Epps. Here's the guy they know exactly. That's that's my point. And yeah, and you can go on down the list. Um, they 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 really didn't have any any linebackers, but I I think there there are positions where where they they went with like the certainty of a player. So let's quickly just uh, let's let's quickly run through who made the roster and what the decisions were. Um, at tight end, they only kept two, Ertz and Goddard, and they cut Noah Tangiai. And I think that this I think that this was a uh, a bet that they made that was a mistake that came back to bite them because I think you know given that they you know as Zach tells us want to play twelve personnel so much, I think they probably wanted to bring Tangiai back. And I think they bet that he was less likely to be claimed than anybody else. And I think they should have released Alex Singleton, the, the sixth linebacker. Yeah, so I I think so too about Tangiai that that's someone that that that's someone they wanted. Although I, I was listening to an interview with Howie. Um, I mean, for full disclosure, it was on uh, it was on Dave Spadaro's podcast. And when they were, uh, I was yeah, I listening. He, get, he gets good guests. What do you want to say? Yeah. Um, I love, I love the full disclosure. Yeah. Uh, no, or, or or not full disclosure. Like uh, to, to credit where I, I I I was listening this morning, and so it was it was taped. It was it was recorded yesterday, and the topic of of tight end came up, 
and they said that they saw some names um, come across that 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 were interesting to them, and and that it's something that they were looking at. So I do wonder if if there were players uh, who were getting cut, who they uh, who they thought, well, if if Tongi is is claimed, this is someone would be we'd be okay to have. Yeah, we'll see how that happens, yeah. and they they may end up bringing back Richard Rogers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Dick Rod, who was released by Washington, and I Boy. think that would give me some extra. Uh, flu world order points but uh, I think they I think they could have released Singleton I don't think Singleton's getting claimed and what what that told me uh, the Singleton inclusion was that they just don't trust either Sean Bradley or Davion Taylor on defense at all I think they needed Singleton as insurance there Um, and and he's also a special teams player so but you know he is a special teams player but he's not a great special teams player and he's not even running he wasn't even running with the ones on special teams during camp so it's not like he's a Rudy Ford Craig James guy who is uh, who is a stud special teamer. So just um, so just so I'm clear here, this is a team that ran more 12 personnel than any other right. offense in the league last year, and they have two tight ends on the roster, and they're outside the box idea, searching the globe, searching the world <laughs> for for talent. Their outside the box idea is going to bring is going to be to bring back Richard Rogers as the third tight end. The home run swing. Okay, just making sure that I uh, add that correct. Yes, we'll see. Yeah, it's crazy. We'll see. I mean, maybe they maybe they do have their eye on somebody, but it, it, that is a little bit crazy to me. Uh, offensive line, they only kept eight, and they released Winogo as we talked about, and Which that surprised leaves, me. And that leaves uh, well, it didn't surprise the king of the beats. Um, and that leaves <laughs> uh, Mylotta, Driscoll, and Herbig as your backups, and we'll get to the Cordy Glenn situation in a sec. Uh, defensive line, they made the decision to keep Jannard Avery and cut Joe Osman and cut Sharif Miller. So we can spend a, a minute on this. And Sharif Miller was claimed by the Panthers today, so he is gone. Uh, what did you make of that, Zach? And, uh, you know, were you surprised? And what do you, what do you think of, of Avery? Well, clearly, I, I thought they were protecting their investment with Avery. And, and, and that might be, still be a good upside play. You know, if, if if you think Avery has has more upside than Joe Osman, if you're talking about your 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 fifth or sixth defensive end, I suppose go with the upside play. But I I do think that if if you were looking at those four DNs vying for it, Osman and Tuhill were the two best this summer. And like, Tuhill made it. And yes. and how he's how he said, which was interesting, he said entering camp Tuhill was probably on the outside looking in. He had an uphill battle. Yeah, and he's he's not a Bo Wolf prospect. I mean, he, he's already twenty four, so he's he's old. He's a good athlete, though. Let's not you know. I like good athletes in the yeah. seventh round. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying he's he's not like this this Josh Sweat type, you know, twenty <laughs> uh, twenty twenty one year old who like he's. I think Josh Sweat's younger than him actually. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh. So he is. You know, he is an older prospect. But I, I think just watching Tuhill, uh, he deserved to be on the team. And I thought I thought Osman deserved to be on the team too, but once all right, so so once he's 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 not claimed and he's on practice squad, then which he, he is, he is on yeah, the practice squad now. He could very well be someone that they promote. So Jannard Avery last year, after the trade, eight games, thirty three snaps, mm-hmm. and so now I'm supposed to believe that Jim Schwartz is wants this guy on the roster and has a plan to get him more involved and they're going to break out some creative packages to make him a part of this defense. That's the thing is that Jannard Avery is, is the type of player who need, who requires a plan. Like he, he is the shortest defensive end in the league. 
And and I get like I get the bet because he has a proven track record of four and a half sacks as a rookie. That's more than Joe Osman has ever done. Like I, I get that bet, and I think it's fine on the very fringe of the roster to keep him. That's what they're telling you is that they think there's some track record there, but there is definitely a disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff on Jannard Avery because he's a player who yes. requires a plan, and it does not seem like there is a plan for him with Jim Schwartz. Yeah, that. I mean, that's what I was going to say. I actually liked some of those 33 snaps. I remember. So being, did I. The, like I was, the first snap he took, it, yeah. it was like coming off, coming at like shot out of a cannon. Yeah, you could see some of the explosive traits. It was just confusing after <laughs> that. After that, why he wasn't playing at all. So that's what I was getting to was what you just mentioned about is there a disconnect between the coaching staff and the front office? Is this a guy Schwartz wants? I mean. They don't do anything with guys like this generally in Schwartz's defense. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's your four pass rushers and it's your off-ball linebackers, and you'll throw in a blitz, you know, one every out of every four snaps uh, type deal. You'll play single high safeties. Uh, I mean, I don't know in a shortened off season, and Avery's been injured. Uh, how much he's going to contribute? But uh, we will see. Um, and I, I do think it's like I, I do think it's a tough sell to guys who are in camp to be like, you know, what you do here really matters. And then Avery makes it. And I also think it's kind of funny if you just like went to a practice one day and uh, Joe Osman is cut, but Jordan Mailata makes the team. If you watch those guys go one-on-one -on -one every day, but uh, I, I, I sort of get the, the Avery uh, yeah, bet at the, the end business. of the roster. I mean, I mean, that's the business. Right. So, yeah. Uh, linebacker. We talked about, they keep all six because they keep singleton uh, corner. We talked about and safety. They keep six guys. Uh, with Rudy Ford, who isn't really a safety, he's just a special teamer. Um, and how he sort of doubled down on, on Rudy Ford as an ace special teamer. And, and Epps makes it as Will Parks goes on IR today. Yeah, how he pulling there? out, what was it, 24 miles per hour he ran? Yeah, he gave us the, yeah, he gave us the, uh, the, the, the GPS, the GPS reading. Yeah. reading from practice. Yeah. I mean, oh, I thought that was 24 <laughs> miles per hour when he was getting wasn't he like the most fourth, flagged yeah, special? Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. no one else knew there was no play going on he just got off to a quick start and they threw the flag and he kept going 24 yeah. miles per hour yeah like i <laughs> i like marcus epps actually and so do i and when when and Bowen I, I, about a marcus i was epps. the only uh that's how i won i was the only one in the in the uh oh my competition god zach we marcus really epps. you know bo had a computer problems where we were waiting here for yeah. 25 minutes zach well how did we not just start the podcast and freeze him out <laughs> i mean that is a mistake on your part for sure yeah marissa this might be the first mistake you've made since producing the pod i mean you you should have been like it was so excited <laughs> for that music i was too not gonna lie i mean you should have we wish we were on video i know i didn't want to be on video <laughs> mm, too bad yeah in, in that, the first it, 11 minutes of this podcast the only names of players that were mentioned we're Prince Tega Winogo and Matt Leo. <laughs> yeah. Next time, Marissa, the move there is you message Zach and I, you say, screw that guy. Uh, <laughs> and we just start recording the pod. <laughs> all right. Anyway, what, what Marcus Epps is Brian Dawkins all of a sudden to you guys. What, what's going on here? No, what do you no, like no, about so Marcus thought, Epps? I thought last year when he was playing defense for them down the stretch and I, I thought he was fine there. You know, they, they essentially got him in a trade for, Sandejo, you know, they wave or they cut Sandejo. Yeah, great uh, deal. The the Vikings take him, wave Epps, the Eagles bring Epps in. Uh, he was a sixth-round pick, I believe, out of Wyoming a, a year ago. And I think, you know, he's he's got decent range for a reserve safety. I like him over Rudy Ford just because if if Rudy Ford's calling card is special teams, I didn't think Rudy Ford was like was was that exceptional last year. Uh, 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 I didn't think he was that exceptional 
a, a last season. And I, I didn't think he was someone who like I would make sure I kept the roster spot for. Well, I also I also think it's it's as simple as especially with no Will Parks, there's no other there's no other backup deep safety behind Rodney McLeod. Yes. Um, you know, Kayvon Wallace isn't doing that probably. And, you know, Rudy Ford's certainly not doing it. So I think he's perfectly fine as a, a backup safety. I, I wasn't sure if you guys were implying yeah. that uh, there was something. No, he's not coming for missing. he's not coming for someone's job. But, yeah, I think I thought he looked good. Could be coming for your job and hosting this podcast next well, week. Yeah, I'm sure you'd like that. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, before we get to Cordy Glenn Shield, quickly, no other big picture thoughts on the roster. You're, you thought the, the rookie thing was the big picture. Uh, I thought you did a good job on The Athletic. Of course, you can check it out, theathletic.com slash birds with friends, pointing out that Derek Barnett and Nate Gary, the only two members of the uh, 2017 draft class, still on the roster. And I think that sort of goes to what I'm talking about here with the keeping nine, right. you know, you're keeping nine of 10 draft picks. Well, let's slow down and see. Well, and uh, it's go ahead. No. Yeah. See what these guys are. Everybody, if this is a league wide thing, like everybody's so excited about right. their rookies right now. And it's sort of a good reminder that it is, uh, it is tough to have a class that's, that's very good. And that was not a good class uh, for the, and it, it is a funny reminder to like, think about what you would have thought, three years ago because Gary was the only one from that class who didn't yes. make the roster as a rookie. Right. Yeah. You would have, you know, after that first year, you would have felt good about, uh, well, like you said, Rasul Douglas was a good outcome. Yes. I've right. Said, but, uh, all right. So what, what, what so then the we... next year there, there's five of five. So that turned out to be, that is a good draft class. That's uh, Connor as much Maddox as you, as you much, right. Uh, prior my Lotta. Mm-hmm. And then the, the year after that, not so good Two like three out of five on the roster with Miller cut, Claps and Thorpe and cut last year, and now with Dillard hurt, and who knows what JJ Ortega Whiteside is? It could be a one-player draft class with with Miles Sanders. Well, if you would have listened to me about uh, Clayton Thorson, maybe you could have made a made a little lettuce on the side. And speaking of lettuce on the side, now is the time to get excited. That's right, football is here to kick off football's 101st season. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all users a no-brainer to start the season. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Have you ever heard of a football team losing by 100 points? Well, for week one, DraftKings is ensuring that even if Kansas City were to lose in historic fashion, you would still cash your bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has moved the spread to Kansas City plus 101 points for all users. So even if Kansas City loses by 100 points, you still win big with DraftKings Sportsbook. That's a no-brainer. And to make that clear to everybody, they are giving you money uh, with this promotion. If you sign up, you just place a, a wager on that. That's a, I don't think they can say guaranteed win. I will say a guaranteed win. They're not going to lose by 101 points. So if you're thinking of joining, now's a good time. Plus, DraftKings is giving away up to $100 million in prizes to all users who entered their free football survivor pool. All you have to do is sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, enter their survivor pool, and you'll instantly get a share of up to $100 million in giveaways. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TOSS to take advantage of this no-brainer of an offer. That's promo code TOSS to get in on all of the action for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And speaking about gambling, fantasy football 
draft season is upon us due to quarantine. It's very possible that you might have Matt Pryor's haircut in your pants. That's why nice. our, our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football. When it comes to men's hygiene, Manscaped is as good and safe as Christian McCaffrey in a PPR league. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarterback. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof. It has the LED light on it. It's a complete game changer for a limited time only. Subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is $39 value add, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code the Athletic 20 at manscaped.com. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code the Athletic 20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code the Athletic 20. It's time to boost your hygiene with the absolute besties with Manscaped. Okay, before we get to the, uh, the offensive line and Cordy Glenn, because that has real uh, week one implications, let's close the loop on the uh, roster minutia. Shield, I mean, Zach, tell us about the new Eagles running back. Yeah, so uh, fifth-round pick uh, from the Detroit Lions, who the Lions are bringing in Adrian Peterson, and you know they have DeAndre Swift, they have Carryon Johnson, they have Ty Johnson. So odd man out there, uh, but was a uh, uh, was an accomplished college player. Now we're call, we're talking about Jason Huntley here. I, I should have mentioned the name. At New Mexico State, 1,000 yards rushing, 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, Dane Brugler, our uh, outstanding draft analyst, had him as a priority free agent, uh, so not as a fifth-round pick. Uh, Huntley did not go to the combine, but is, is known for his speed. He's, he's, he's small, I think, like, like what, 581? Yeah, I've got Dane's write-up here. Do you want okay. me to read it yeah, real quickly? Yeah, please, please. That, okay. That's better than anything I can provide. Yeah, so he's five. This was coming out of, the, uh, out of New Mexico State, Jason Huntley, uh, who is their, the fourth running back on the roster, correct? Yes, correct. correct. Okay, uh, five, eight and a half, 182. A two-star recruit out of high school. Uh, we don't need to get into his high school stats here. Signed with New Mexico State was his lone FBS offer. Made an immediate impact as a kick returner. With five touchdown returns over his career, he had his best offensive season as a senior with 1,090 rushing yards and was the only running back in the draft class to surpass 1,000 receiving yards in college. Uh, Diminutive, diminutive, all right, why am I struggling with this? (laughs) Diminutive, uh, diminutive, is that right? Diminutive size. Oh my God. I did not think I was going to be reading a Jason Huntley uh, (laughs) scouting report at 1020. Uh, Electric feet to immediately scoot. I love scoot in a scouting report. I feel like you do, Bo. Yeah, I knew that. Uh, Reaches his top speed quickly, forces missed tackles all over the field. Soft hands as a pass catcher will be the key to standing out in an NFL camp. Uh, Dane had said, must improve his ball security. Five fumbles in 2019. Overall, Huntley is undersized and lacks body armor. Oh, I like that term. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he is dynamic and will compete for an NFL roster spot as a kick returner and multi-purpose threat. 
who can operate from the backfield or slot. Huh. So sort of a gadgety type guy, it sounds like. So with no Jalen Rager, uh, it's possible he, he's going to be the kickoff returner week one. Um, otherwise, it'll be Boston, Boston Scott, Scott, I think. Yeah. Um, it's curious that he, has, he never returned punts in college, which was the same for Adrian Killens. So that sort of makes me think he's not good at tracking punts. But uh, we'll see what happens. He's got there's like a weird thing on his uh, his stat line. His his receiving last year as a senior, forty catches for 192 yards. That's a 4.8 yards per catch, which is like no, I don't think so. (laughs) That's on his Sports Reference. 4.8 yards per catch is awful. The year before it was 11.3. So who knows what they were doing? Dane scouting report too. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's weird. No, no, (laughs) no. He had 1,119 receiving yards last year. No, no, that's his. That's his career receiving. That's yards. career. I thought that was in 2019. No, no, you can't have that think, many receiving yeah. yards. Yeah, been no, like he a, he had over a thousand. He's 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 not the only running back in the draft who had over a thousand yards in college receiving. No, I think he. Yeah, um, I think he was. Uh, here, I I'm, think he was. Running backs in college. A lot of these prospects don't pile up with a lot of uh, receiving yards in college. It's uh, rare. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, actually, that is ac- okay. I, yeah. I, I this back. Isn't it I am, weird? I'm at his New Mexico State page. Oh um, man, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sorry here. Uh, yeah, like against Ole Miss, six catches for 19 yards. Fresno State, <laughs> four catches, 19 yards. That's tough. Against Eagles, Alabama, six catches, sledding. 25 yards. Eagles PR. If you listen to this podcast, make sure Bo gets a question in on the Jason Huntley uh, <laughs> press conference because I know you'll ask this, Bo, and I would be dying. Yeah, eleven, but yeah. eleven point three the year before, which is like unbelievable. Must have, they must have been in a bog. He, he's maybe, ready for the bog. All right, I maybe he was used more as like a slot receiver or something the year before, and this year it was just check down. Uh, yeah, I don't who know. Knows? Well, great feature idea for you. No, yeah, there you go. Um, and then the other uh, little piece of, of roster minutia, Zach, tell us about the old man on the practice squad. Yeah, Josh McCown is has How about a, that has a great job here. Will be paid twelve thousand dollars a week to be with his family in Texas and be on call. Uh, so this is kind of a a, a creative a, a creative move by I don't know if I would say Howie Roseman or Doug Peterson. Whoever's idea it was, the question that had Whose come idea up, do you think it was? Do you think it was McCown's? I would think it was Howie's. I don't know. Mm. Uh, but Doug Peterson's been asked repeatedly if they're going to quarantine a quarterback. And he has said that it's something they're still discussing. And so what, what they're doing here is they're using one of their 16 practice squad spots on McCown. Um, he, he won't be in the building. He'll be in Texas with his family, but he'll be obviously. And when we've discussed this, uh, ad, ad nauseum during the off season, that, that McCown has aspirations of being a coach was obviously a high school coach. And so, and he was helpful to Carson Wentz last year. He was helpful to Bo Wolf last year as well. Um, you know, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, he's someone who will still be on, you know, these, these virtual calls. So he can have an influence uh, with, with the quarterback room. And then if for some reason, you know, I, I mean, you hope it never comes to fruition, but if, if, if there's a COVID outbreak in the quarterback room and the Eagles are hard pressed to have a quarterback, they could call up Josh McCown and one of those you know, two you know, practice squads on the third snap anyway, but. Yeah. So, so anyway, so that, 
that was the, that's how they're allocating one of their 16 practice squad spots. I was very confused by this. I was in the <laughs> middle. I was in the middle of a fantasy draft when someone got the. Text. Oh yeah, how'd you do? I mean, listen. There's nothing I want to talk about less or that anyone cares less about than my fantasy squad. But did right everybody? Were, were they throwing your own picks at you? We 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 had already teased that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how many people uh, had it. I know a couple. A couple did, but um, no. I feel like I made out fine. Anyway, okay. as I was auction saying, or or snake. Uh, this is very strange to me. Is any have you? I haven't seen any other team in the NFL doing this, right? I mean to to have a quarterback on their practice squad who's not going to be around the team. Well, so, Bruce Arians was the first one who brought this up back in the spring when he right. said that he's considering quarantining a quarterback. You think so that's what they're going to do with Josh Rosen? Well, I would imagine they want to develop Rosen, so mm -hmm. so no. But it, well, what they should do is have Rosen go hang out with McCown. Because McCown is yeah. like a smart veteran quarterback, and uh, then he can learn from him. You know, I, I don't know. I'm so very, I, don't, okay. I mean, so what's the like scenario where he has to contribute? Is so this is a scenario <laughs> where where Wentz, Sudfeld, and Hertz all come down with COVID. The Eagles still have to play a game. Right. Josh Josh McCown, who when he was actually on an NFL roster training every day, when he got into a game at 41 <laughs> years old, ripped up his hamstring within what he couldn't get through a whole game. Uh, listen, I like Josh, Josh McCown seems like a great, everybody loves him. The moment in all or nothing was fantastic with him getting emotional, but like that's the upside scenario we're looking for is that he flies up from Texas when your three quarterbacks have COVID and he comes in and rips up, rips up a hamstring during a game. I mean, well, I'm very curious here? about what the actual, like what the COVID rules are with him. Like, is he going to, are they going to send a tester to his house in Texas every day? Because we, what we've learned is that it takes like a couple of days for these guys to fly into the complex before they're even allowed to be with other people. So like what happened? Like they, these guys all come down with it on a Friday. The rest of the team doesn't have it. But then McCown still can't come in on a Sunday. He's got to go through his own waiting incubation period. Yeah, I like, mean, I don't think their concern is a guy. Is, well, I don't know what their concern is, but not like all these guys contracting it on a Friday. I mean, if they contracted on like a Monday, well, I guess that's or true. Tuesday, yeah. You know, they're they're that's wiped out point. for an extended period. You know, the that's NFL true. is it's it's pretty absolute in in, in terms of like how, how long you're out of the building. And obviously, if these guys are in the same room together, there is the possibility that if if you know just because of how contagious it is. So that's the thinking. But I I hear I think it was Shields' point. I. I I, I'm sorry if it was Bo's point. Like the upside here, I don't know if I've it, gotten enough credit tonight. If it's if it's totally worth it, I mean, clearly they're trying to protect themselves, so so they're they're not in a situation where where uh, where they don't have a quarterback. But I would just have like like Greg Ward be your quarterback if if like if if three quarterbacks uh, contract the illness, right. then I think. I think Sunday's game is the least of, of, of the problems for the Eagles in the NFL. I think, I think the real thing here is that it, like, it is not a contingency plan for him to play quarterback. It is just a workaround for him to like soft begin, soft launch his coaching career. Sure. Yeah, that, I don't I think understand really that. Then why is. could you not just add him to the coaching staff and get someone who could actually help you on the practice squad? He probably doesn't want to be like, like, like he probably wants to spend this, this year. Yeah. Because yeah, a real coach has to be there. Yeah. Do they? Well, you can, what do you No, no they don't. They've uh, had consultants right. yeah. before. Jeremiah Washburn, when he was a consultant was living in Florida for this team. 
you could have added, you could have added him as a consultant and just said, all right, here's what we're going to pay you. Sure. You can stay in Texas with your family. We're going to dial you in on well, zoom whenever you're available. Open. You can we still want you in Carson Wentz's ear. And by the way, if three quarterbacks go down, we might send it. We might sign you as a free agent. Well, like, what am I missing here? Well, that's true. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, yeah, what if? I mean, if just a couple of guys get injured, then they can then they call them up anyway. But uh, you're right. There's no there's no reason you can't just do both. Yeah, I, I don't uh, I don't totally understand the move. I think it's a good idea to have him as part of the organization. And uh, you know, obviously Carson Wentz liked him, but uh, it, the other part just seems weird to me. Unless I'm maybe I'm missing something that uh, a listener will point out when they hear this. Uh, okay, let's talk about the the uh, one tangible thing that actually matters for next week's game, the season opener. Uh, what's going to happen at left tackle, Zach? And uh, we heard from Howie Roseman yesterday about the Cordy Glenn report, and he told us that they hadn't even really had a chance to actually work him out yet because the workout is like a three-day affair where they have to pass COVID uh, tests to begin with. But what was your read on that? And uh, do you think Mr. Glenn is – Coming to Philadelphia. Yes. I mean, I, I don't think that, that they're flying him in here just to see him. You know, I, I think that this is – and I, I think if Cordy Glenn comes, he's coming to be your starting left tackle. Mm. Now, it might take some – Really? Starting yeah, this left is where tackle? I do not agree with that. So, so this is where Bo and I disagree. Now, perhaps they don't think that he can learn the offense in, in a period – you know, a week and he's not out there against Washington, but Cordy Glenn is like a legitimate starting tackle in the NFL or has, or well, then why didn't he have or, a job or has been, well, that's what I, I guess they need to ascertain it, it. It did not end well in Cincinnati, but I mean, he has, he has 95 career starts. He's, he's been like a, a, a franchise type left tackle in the past. I don't think he's here to back up Matt. I don't think he would come in to back up Matt Pryor. I think if you're bringing in Cordy Glenn, maybe I'm wrong here, and it sounds like you guys disagree with me, but I think this is like the the Demetrius Bell move, you know that Oof. that that this is the great <laughs> no, that, that like when when the injury occurs and you look uh you know you go to your pro scouts and you know they have the boards for every position, this is probably your your best available left tackle. Well, uh, Sheila, what's your give us give us your Cordy Glenn take as as uh the national man i mean i d- i disagree i well, well i guess we got to get into the jason peters uh yeah stuff mm-hmm. here in a second but all right i'll just give well, some it's back- all yeah it's all part of the same deal i'll start with giving some background on cordy glenn i mean he played in 19 games with the bengals after being traded uh by the bills he's played in 25 games over the last three seasons there as bo mentioned i mean good franchise left tackles are not waiting for a job on September. What are we September 6th here? Uh, especially when you have teams like the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles chargers who have terrible left tackle situations. The, the Washington football team, I will throw them in there as well. So, you know, there are at least a handful of teams out there who really could use a left tackle. Who's probably not going to cost a lot of money if they thought, that he were a starter. So Glenn turns 31 later this month. He spent his first six seasons with the Bills and then was traded to the Bengals. And it was a a really bizarre 2019 with Glenn and the Bengals where Glenn uh, suffered a concussion or thought that he suffered a concussion and felt concussion-like symptoms after a preseason game 
and, you know, went through all the protocols and the team uh, cleared him. He had been cleared, but he said that he was still feeling uh, symptoms from the concussion. And so it got really ugly. He was fined uh, by the team. He got in a fight with a member of the coaching staff and reported. Oh, I missed this. Yeah. Yeah. Reportedly at one point yelled at Zach Taylor to cut him uh, after that, uh, after that fight with a member of the coaching staff. And so basically, I mean, reading between the lines, he thought the team rushed him back from a concussion. The team thought that he didn't want to play. And so was just, sitting out there. And so uh, it was an ugly end there. Now, what's it, what's fat, interesting about this is, of course, Press Taylor is yeah. the brother of Zach Taylor. So, I mean, all it takes is one phone call. Hey, what really happened? And here? they look a lot alike. So Cordy Glenn could get very confused <laughs> in the building. Well, I... <laughs> <laughs> That, that would absolutely be the best subplot of the Cody <laughs> era. Like, what the hell? What? <laughs> I thought I got away from you. Press Taylor's just trying he to thinks it's a, He thinks it's a concussion symptom. <laughs> <laughs> He's having flashbacks. Oh, God. This should not be joked about, but uh, yeah, anyway. Well, that's the league. That's the league. Uh, so yeah, there was a lot of drama there, and uh, I, I think there was obviously some hesitance with uh, teams not uh, not signing him. So uh, I don't know. I mean, so well then that leads to the G- is Jason Peters really not going to be playing left tackle? It, to me, it is so ridiculous, Shield. <laughs> what is going on like, here? The, it's insane. It's been the, there is no rational explanation for why you have a guy who has been your left tackle for 12, you know, for 11 years. He's, he's in his 12th year with the team. He's a hall of famer at the position. He's never played right guard. If you sign him to play right guard because you're invested in Dillard. Yeah, but Zach, they're, they're used to having a good right guard. <laughs> Andre and, and, and Matt Pryor, who has been the left tackle for the past week, has one career NFL start and it's come at right guard. Okay. <laughs> so like there is, there and there's no good reason and and there's no bad reason. The the explanation they're giving is that they don't want like these moving parts and that Peters has gotten comfortable at right guard. I gotta imagine Jason Peters is much more comfortable at left tackle than at right guard. The only plausible explanation here is what uh, Jeff McLean from the Inquirer reported last week and has since been confirmed elsewhere that uh, that he 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 does he he wants to get paid. A difference. He signed one salary to play right guard. He wants a different salary to play left tackle. It's a leverage play from Jason Peters. Howie Roseman insists there is there there's nothing going on between the Eagles and and Peters where Peters is. Yeah, refu- no one nobody bleeds green more than Jason Peters. Yeah, where where like Peters is refusing to do something for the team. But it was a very odd answer last week from Doug Peterson. When he was asked, uh, if you asked Jason Peters to play left tackle, would he go there? And Peterson said, that's a private conversation. As if like, <laughs> as, as if, like he's sharing the social security number you know, on, 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 on this conference call. So, uh, yeah, to me, like, if, if Jason Peters is not your left tackle on, on Sunday against Washington, then – there is something wrong with how this process has has, has turned out. Yeah, I, there you're w- exactly what you said. There is there is absolutely no defense for the starting lineup being prior at left tackle and Peters at right guard. There's just none. Th- you, that is insane. 
And if if you're going to to bring in Cordy Glenn, okay, um, even if it's like a veteran minimum, like if you're going to sign somebody, why not just just concede and give Jason Peters more money if if, if that's the case? Like if you're well, still- that's a good point. I but I see I I read Cordy Glenn as I mean they they need a backup tackle yeah. anyway because right now it's Jordan Mailata, mm-hmm. you don't want that. And it's Jack Driscoll who, you know, hasn't taken any snaps on the left side. So uh, even if it is Peters at left tackle, which I, I still think will be the case, I think, uh, you know, cooler heads will prevail or whatever it is, or maybe this was just, um, you know, cloak and dagger stuff to begin with. But even if it's Peters, you need somebody ready to go in. And I guess you could, you know, put prior left tackle and, uh, and Driscoll at right guard. But to, to me, they need a veteran backup tackle anyway we've talked about that as that being their need Cordy Glenn answers that Andy can also play inside too now one theory I've heard I'm curious what, what, what you guys think is that the Cordy Glenn visit is is their leverage play against Jason oh. Peter. do you think there's anything to that well listen football is all about taking leverage where you can get it and you know the Eagles have uh, I would say two opponents one is uh <laughs> Cordy Glenn and the other is Jason. Maybe three and the third is like uh, Jason. COVID. If, if if you're gonna have such a hard line here, then then look, we're gonna you know we're gonna bring in someone else. I mean, I cannot see a, any scenario where Jason Peters is not the left tackle in Week One is ridiculous. By the well, way, now interesting. It has been brought up by a professional lawyer on Twitter. That oh. we we now know for sure that Jason Peters was not just going to left tackle because Andre Dillard got injured. Thereby, you are back on the hook for the pastaficia sandwiches. Wait, what? What are you talking about? We know the it's the actually the opposite of that. Jason Peters thought there was no way he was playing left tackle. This was not a if one Andre for one. Dillard this was not there. a one for one. I don't know what you're talking, and I'm too tired to deal with. But I, I, I still, (laughs) I still disagree with with both of you. If Cordy Glenn is on this football team, I don't think it's it's to be Matt Pryor's backup. I think it's to be the starting. Week one, he hasn't been in camp. Well, that's what I said. I I don't know about week one, um, but I, I I think that like when he's up to speed, uh, he's the starting left tackle. So Jason Peters. I don't don't think that. How old is he? Cordy Glenn 30, or Jason Peters? No, no Jason 38. Yeah, 38. So, so at 38 years old, after having never, you know, after 205 NFL games, Jason Peters with a with a gaping hole at left tackle, <laughs> Jason Peters is going to line up at right guard because he's comfortable there after like seven practice reps. Well, they li- they really like Shield. They really like how it looks. With Kelsey, Peters, and Lane together, that they really like what that gives them. They're used to having an all-pro right guard, and it's it's really nice to have that solid. Wait, did right someone side actually of the line. say this, or yeah. is this your? No, this is what they were saying. This is what who said this? How Doug? Howie. Howie and Doug both sort of said this. Shield, I I can't overstate how bad <laughs> Matt Pryor looked at left tackle, and 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 the Eagles were trying to defend it. Yeah, but that was against a, an All Pro and Josh Sweat. <laughs> no, the Eagles were saying, he, "Well, he hasn't played there." This is what Howie. Right? Said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he hasn't played there since the preseason last year. 
So then why not just put the guy who's played there for 12 <laughs> years for you? I mean, this is ob- it, it, it obviously feels like J- Jeff McClain's report is right on and that this is a game of chicken. And yeah. Pe- Peters is saying, give me more money to play left tackle. And they say, we're not going to do that. You can, if you're really stubborn about it, you can play right guard. And it's like, who's going to blink first? But my gosh, I mean, don't brag to me about what a great relationship you have with this guy over the last decade and how close he is with the owner. And you had to have had this conversation with him when you signed him. So, you know, I don't really blame them for not budging on this. It's a crazy request. I mean, you saw, I, I, I believe in finding a middle ground. And, you know, this is somebody who's an all-time player for you. And so maybe you have to, uh, you know, bite the bullet a little bit and give in somewhere or make him happy somewhere. But I, I, mean, well, I don't, I don't think it's that crazy of a request for him to do it before the season. I mean, it's, well, it hasn't happened yet. He hasn't, you know, declined to do it yet. And also just, you know, just, just guarantee his incentives and, and get it over with. Yeah. To yeah. Shiel's point, like when the Eagles signed Peters behind the scenes, one of the things they were saying is yes. that he's insurance sure. if something happens at, at, at tackle. But I'm sure, I mean, I mean Peters and, and Bo did a great job documenting this in his 2019. It, was, it came out during the combine, You're, the story on Peters, mm. like, like the oral history of Peters. is He's a good businessman, Peters, you know, and, and uh, he's, he's kind of known in the building for, for being very smart with, with money. And, and, and uh, he probably sees – the opportunity here, if that's the case, I, I just, I think that Peters has more leverage than the Eagles. Like the, well, the, if, if your option is Matt Pryor, I can tell you that's a bad option right now. Well, a very simple thing to do would have been when you signed that contract, say yeah. if he play, if he starts at left tackle, he, you know, for every game he starts at left tackle, this is what he gets. Well, they probably didn't want that in the language because it would have been reported and that would have been a shot at Dillard. Now oh the Eagles gosh. are. What is going on with this organization? Howie Roseman did say, you know, uh, he didn't put it like this, but but they are real tight on on like their their cap space. Howie was saying that they're not going to make any big moves here going forward because they want to carry over money. That when they when they planned for this, it was before a pandemic, and you know they, they don't know how the cap the, to go down. Yeah, they don't know how the 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 cap picture is going to look. Uh, so, um, I, I mean, maybe they're just being very careful with, with like every dollar here, but I wouldn't be careful with what you do about left tackle. Like you, you need to make sure you're okay. there. I think the contract thing could have been easily explained. You just say, well, it's in the case that uh, Andre suffers an injury. You don't have to say uh, anything else about it. We'll see. I still can't believe it. Maybe it's it's just smoke and mirrors, the gamesmanship, paranoia, whatever you want to call it, before week one to keep uh, Washington guessing. But, uh, man, you've got Chase Young, uh, a hungry Chase Young in week one, ready to go after whoever is playing left tackle. Uh, I, I would not mess around in that spot. So 10.42 p.m. Sunday night, who's playing left tackle next week? Jason Peters. Peters. Jason Peters. I agree. Uh, you, Sheila, you got 15 more minutes for this game, or, or you want to you bounce? I mean, are you asking me honestly? Then I would want to bounce. I just got another request here. We got something else going on. What do you mean another request? Were there there important requests? All right. All right. Hurry up. Otherwise, I'll I'll never hear the end of this. Okay. This is a game called Pass. Really, we could have had a shortened introduction, and we could be finished by now, but I'll leave that alone. Go ahead. Not when you have uh, coronation. 
to have. Let's go. Uh, Let's passer go. in the time. I told you I was going through the rosters earlier today. There are 18 players on current active rosters who were members of the Eagles in 2017 or 2018, so the years when Shield was covering the team. Uh, I'm going to go division by division. Half-heartedly and... covering the team. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, half-heartedly <laughs> led to a national promotion, so you couldn't have been doing that bad of a job. Um, let's, uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go position by, or, uh, sorry, division by division. Cause there are some in each division and you have an opportunity. It'll be Zach's turn, then Shields turn. And if you think you can name the person with no clues, you get five points. If you want the team, you get four points. If you want the position, you get three points. If you have to go to a specific clue about the player, you get two points. And then if you go to the initials, you get one point. And you don't have to guess. You only, you only get one guess, but you can continue going down the line. And if you guess wrong, then the other person can steal. Congratulations. Congratulations to the three listeners who were able to follow that. Oh, my God. Uh, just people listen. Are love us. Just, okay. tell, just tell me when I need to talk or answer a question. Okay. <laughs> Zach, uh, because you um, are the defending loser of two straight drafts, oh, you get to choose whether you want to go first or second. I mean, I, I wasn't really paying close attention to the rules. I'll which explain one, it when we get into well, it. Which one's the better no, game? No, please don't. Going it doesn't matter. It doesn't it matter doesn't whether you're going to go first right, or second. So, it, it, so, it's, uh, just, it's the random order. It, I, that's all that matters. I, I will go first. By the way, this okay. is why I screw up in, in, in the game theory because all right, I'll I explain these you. rules at 1044. No, please yeah. don't. I'll just... explain it to you. Okay. <laughs> we start with the AFC East, Zach. Okay. There are three former 2017 or 18 Eagles in the AFC East. All you have to do is name one of them to begin with, and you'll get five points. Can you do that? In the AFC East. So then I can just if you, look. If you don't want to name one right away, if you don't think you can do it, then I can give you a team, and then I can keep going down the line of clues. Uh, you don't have to give me the, the team because, um, like, oh, yeah, all right. Uh, I will go with, with Kamuka Rishay Hill. In my, in five my points for Zach. Sheil, it's your turn. There are two left. Would you like to name one off the top of your head, or would you like more clues? Two Eagles on NFC, on AFC East teams other than yes. Camus Grugier-Hill. Uh, 2017 and 18, so that uh, that would not include Eric Rowe. Uh, let me see here. Are there any defensive lines? Oh, I, I got one. Okay. Bo Allen. That's correct. Well done. Five points for Sheil. Zach, there's one left. Yeah, Matt Collins. Nicely it's done. The other dolphin. All right, 10-5, Zach. Shield, we go to you now. The AFC North, there is only one member of the 17 or 18 Eagles in the AFC North. Do you think you can name him, or do you need more help? LJ Fort. That's incorrect. What? What are you talking about? That was 2019. Oh, my God. You did not cover the tears. Get out of here. So that is an incorrect guess. Zach, you now have an opportunity to steal some points. Do you want to guess? Yeah, so I didn't see the cuss. I assume Wisniewski made the Steelers. Otherwise, we would be hearing about it right now. So That is correct. Five points for Zach. That's a big swing. Worst game I've ever seen. (laughs) This is a great game. We go now to the AFC South where there are three members of the 17 or 18 Eagles. Zach, it's your turn. You get to choose if you want to name any of them. Sure. Yeah, why not? It's a fun game. Um, uh, Jacksonville, Jernigan's on Jacksonville. Tim Jernigan. That is correct. Five points for Zach. He takes a commanding lead. 
Shield, there are two left. Do you need some clues or do you want to just go ahead and guess? Trey Burton. That's correct. Nicely done. Zach, there's one left. Is Marcus Johnson still on the Colts? Is that your guess? Sure, yes. That is incorrect. Shield, a big point for you to steal here. You can. You don't have to guess if you don't want to. You can keep going down the line if you want to try to make sure you get it as opposed to guess it wrong. DeAndre Carter. That is correct. Nicely done. Wait, so Marcus Johnson's not on the Colts anymore? No, he was waived. Wow. Okay. So it's now 20 to 15, and Shield gets to go first. He can tie the game up here. One player in the AFC West. One player in the AFC West. That would be Nelson Aguilar. That is correct. We got a tie game, ladies and gentlemen, halfway through. Here we go. Zach, NFC East now. There are two 17 or 18 Eagles in the NFC East. Would you like to go? Uh, two 17 or 18 Eagles in the NFC East. Um, hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I, I can go. Uh, Washington, Ronald Darby. That's correct. 25-20. Sheil, over to you. There's one left. I had Darby. I was hoping you were going to go mm. with whoever the other one was. All if right, you let... don't think you have it, I think it, I think it behooves you to get some help. But I mean, if you think listen, you got it, get to go for the five. You're the last person I need advice from here. So uh, let true. let me uh, let me think about this. Uh, I'm going through thinking of Dallas Cowboys. I don't think there's any Dallas Cowboys. I feel like I it's got a... this. Oh, all right. Nice flex. Yeah. Uh, Giants. We've now gotten to the fun point of the game where Shield turns from being completely disinterested <laughs> to his competitive juices flowing, and now he wants to win. Giants. Do they have any former Eagles on their team? They, they probably they do. They had to have played they at do. least one game in 2017 or 2018 for they the do. Eagles. One game in 2017 or 18. I don't think it's wide receiver. Is there another offensive lineman? Uh, not not Dion Lewis, you know. Shout out to Joe Banner, but it's not him. <laughs> uh, what's their tight end situation behind an Evan Ingram? I, I don't think that's a D-line. They got nothing on their D-line. Do they got some Garbo, Garbanzo Beans defensive tackle or something I'm missing? Uh, not linebacker. You're gonna kick yourself. You- oh my gosh! Zach, this is where Zach's nicety <laughs> is to really hurt him because he's giving you too many uh, hints. Would you like? Would you like some hints? All right, all right. I'll take. So you some get hints. the points. Okay. Uh, the team is in fact the Giants. You want the position? Yeah, I need the position. Uh, Wide receiver. Wide receiver. Oh, see this guy. I mean, really, give me a break, Golden Tate. Okay, three points for Shield there. So. Uh, only two points behind. Zach, we go to the NFC North where there are three former Eagles. In the NFC North, um, so 2017-18, so like, okay. Uh, so then, oh, yeah, uh, Nick Foles, obviously. That's correct. Shield. Uh, I've seen him refer to Hal, which I don't uh, like. <laughs> yeah, what is going on with that? Come on, guys. You know, Zach set the standard. It's Halapulavati. Like it's, it's really not hard to say. Halapulavati. I mean, I couldn't say. What was the word I couldn't say earlier? Diminutive. Diminutive. Yeah. If his name was diminutive, I'd <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
That would be funny on many levels. He's the opposite. He is big. Yeah, well, it's like a big guy named Tiny, which yeah. is yeah, oh, yeah, or a tiny works, guy yeah. named Jumbo. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'll pull a body five times. <laughs> That's correct. Still remains two points behind. Zach, one this, this player in the really division like, left. This is really like the first loopy postgame pod, I feel like, of the year. <laughs> it's with you guys in their preseason. So yeah. This yeah. Um, so we're, we're, we're looking at the NFC North here. Uh, uh, huh. I think... I hadn't thought of Nick Foles, by the way. Vitae was the first mm. person I thought of. I don't know why that is. You know what? It's funny. I almost skipped over Foles. Huh. Um, so, exactly. So, there are there are the different clues. Would you like to go to the go to a clue? Sure, I would. The team is the Green Bay Packers. Oh. Okay. Does that help All you? Right, Do you I'll... need more help? Uh, give me. I, I feel bad for our, our listeners. Why? I, I, no, I, they're 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 having fun. They 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 logged off after Bo's introduction, so don't worry about it. You should feel bad for Marissa. <laughs> yeah, sorry for Marissa. Uh, position is the next. I'm enjoying is, it. <laughs> uh, sure, we're giving the position. You want the position? The position is cornerback. I actually know this one, by the way. I know way. you do. Corner. Um, is it uh? Oh, the names is the names escape me right now. It's the uh, it's the slot that they had. Right. Um, uh, then I, uh, is it Chandon Sullivan? Is that that's correct? Wow, yeah. nice Nicely job. done, Burma. But the three point means that Shield can now tie things up once again, and he has the pick of the litter from the NFC South, in which there are four former Eagles. Uh Give me the rules again for the only uh, 2017 and 2018, and they had to have played at least one game in those two seasons. Have they had to okay. play a game on the on their new team yet? No, absolutely not. They are only they only have to have oh. only have to be on the active roster as of 2 p.m. today. Okay, I will uh, take the most obvious and go with Malcolm Jenkins. That's correct. I'm up. Um, yes, I I will go with Patrick Robinson. That's correct. Now, let me say, I said 2 p.m. today. Mm-hmm. So that includes transactions made today. Yes. Okay. Don't I give will... Shield a hint. I know. I already all, I but... had this one. Okay. Uh, Rasul Douglas. That's correct. Okay. Now There the... are two players left. No, there's only one in the NFC oh. South. No, no, no. Only one in the NFC oh, South. Okay. But, I mean, two players left in the game, and we are tied. So we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. One player left in the NFC South. Zach, it goes to you. Uh, yeah, so obviously not not the other guy, not not Sharif Miller, uh, because he was not a correct. Home. Yeah, that's so, correct. Um, oh, whoa, whoa, hey, come on! No, I, I'm gi- I'm giving no, him that. Uh, I'm giving him that. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> let me think here. So yeah, Shields Shields' blood is now boiling. He's now he's ready to go. He's made I'm it to awa- the end. He's I'm come awake this far. for he's the not, first time. He, he, didn't, he didn't come this far to lose. That's how he feels. Uh, I mean, either way, this is my best. This is my best performance in any of your uh, dumb games. Falcons. No, not the no. That's Falcons. not true. The one game where you just made Zach guess every time. <laughs> All right, I I, I I got one. I hope he wasn't cut yesterday. You're going for. You're going for it. Yeah, of course. Now I'm. I think I know where you're going, and I want you to know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. He knows the rules. Okay. Um, I hope he wasn't cut yesterday. Uh, Stephen means business. 
I knew that's what you were going to do, Zach. And I'm afraid to tell you. Was he cut? He was not cut. IR. Steven Means is not on IR. He's on, he's on COVID, COVID list. list. Wait, so, uh, that, so he doesn't count? He is not on the active roster. <laughs> oh, that is ridiculous. Ooh, I don't know about that, but that's a <laughs> bad job to, out of you. I am going to, I'm going to give you another guess. I'm not going to say it's Shields' turn. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm, you, you were going to get a That's fair. That. If it was IR, I think uh, yes. it would have been wrong. Yes. I think that uh, I, I, should, I, I could have given you that heads up to begin with. Okay. Um, I appreciate that. Beautiful. Built-in excuse for me if I lose. <laughs> <laughs> Always looking for those. By the way, I, I, I did not even know that rule, so that was my bad there. Oh. Tip for the kids out there. You always want to look for those as the game's unfolding. <laughs> uh, let's, let me think here. Um, Speaking of which, by the way, as Zach, as Zach thinks, uh, I'll vamp and uh, looking for excuses. I do think it's funny um, as you look at like the, the draft parsing and the last three years when it was a little Joe Douglas influence, you know, Eagles are accepting uh, blame for some of these draft picks. The the tit for tat for that Joe Douglas not claiming any former Eagles, yeah, so he's also trying to distance point. himself. Is he or is he saying I didn't want those guys? Right. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. he's distancing himself from those picks. You know, yeah. Joe Douglas isn't claiming Sidney Jones. He's not you know bringing in Joe Osman. That's really interesting with the uh, with the corners, especially. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though, I mean, a corner and pass rush, they need both. Although the Panthers things. had a had the waiver claim ahead of the Jets, right? You think I yeah, know, the Jets, memorized the yeah, waiver Yeah, well, because the Jets, yes, they yeah, had that run last year. Andrew Brown, or, 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 I'm sorry, Derek Brown went ahead of, 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 of right. Mackay Becton. I do um, not have the answer for this, by the way, yeah. Zach. I, I'm racking my brain here. Yeah, trying to. I don't have to. I mean, I'm, I'm a little tired tonight. I apologize. Wait, what, what uh, would you like to go to the team? Sure. This, uh, I will tell you this is the most difficult of them all. Okay. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons. And so it's it's not. Would you like the position? Yes. Linebacker. Linebacker on the Atlanta Falcons. I know. I got it. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. The Falcons. Uh, do they have? I have to name someone, right? Yes. No, I can give you another clue. If you want. Oh. oh, yeah. All right. I'll take one more clue. All right. The next clue is uh, this special teamer has two capital letters in his first name. Is Leroy on, on the Falcons? That's correct. Leroy Reynolds. Two points uh, for Zach. Okay. I mean, really? Well, you just, you just spell the name out for him. <laughs> yeah, don't two points. Sheil, you can win oh. this game if you can name the only player in the NFC West who played for the Eagles in 2017 or 18. This is unfair. I... Hold on, but I need to... You only need three points, so I can give you two clues if you want. You're going to get it. I'm going to lose. Uh, I don't <laughs> think I need it, and I think it's uh, I think it's interesting that this is Zeberm's boy. Yeah, seriously. Uh-huh. Send him a note. I screwed me over here. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Hicks. That's, the... That's correct. Sheila, you have one passer in the time. <laughs> Congratulations. 
Thank you. I, like I said, I was uh, really looking forward to that game and uh, glad we were able to play. <laughs> Marissa, I think that uh, Zach saying, I'm going to send him a note telling me he screwed me over, that is, that is clip worthy. No, that's not clip worthy. Yeah, or the, or the comment about it being ridiculous. Yeah. That was a good one, too. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, at, uh, as the clock turns to 11 p.m., Give the this. schedule. We have an actual schedule for yes. this week. Why don't you yeah, let the, the people know about time. it? We do. Um, we have on Tuesday, we will have our NFL league-wide extravaganza. Our preview, our uh, full playoff picks, uh, our favorite over-unders, although you already know those if you follow Shields' work at The Athletic, and uh, all of our other NFL league-wide thoughts. That'll be coming on Tuesday. On Wednesday, prime time on YouTube, live. What did we say? 7 o'clock for this bad boy? Seven. Tentative. Yeah, tentative. Tentative, seven. tentative 7 o'clock. Wednesday will be our Eagles preview for the 2020 season. Uh, that'll have a bunch of our over-unders, some other big-picture thoughts on the team. And then on Friday, we will have our uh, week one preview for the game against the Washington football team. So we've got, uh, you know, jam-packed. And listen – we're doing a Sunday night pod at 11 o'clock. There's not even a post-game show here. We're just doing it. We're going to have three other pods this week. So, you know, give a little back to your boys on Birds with Friends. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Download, delete, and leave a comment and rate review on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't subscribe to The Athletic, what are you doing? Now's a good time to do it. You get 40% off at theathletic.com slash birdswithfriends. So hook us up. We're doing stuff for you. Do some stuff for us. And uh, and I also will try to eventually uh, get some kind of uh, prediction game together for listeners that can uh, go to charity. So we'll, we'll work on that. And so for Zach and Sheil and Marissa, I am the reigning, defending, two-time king of the beats, Bo Wolf. And as always, we love you.